All right. Hello, everyone. I am back. Uh, Dusty is on his way. He's a couple minutes late today, but uh, hello. And uh, as usual, thanks to everyone at Reinventing the Tattoo, Guy, Gabe, uh, and the whole crew for giving us a platform where we can come together and do something that tattooers don't typically do, which is talk about our feelings. Um, so thank you all for being here uh, and thank you all for having us. Uh, as I may have said, I am Robbie Rapal uh, and we are returning from two weeks of not doing feelings. Uh, the week, not last week, but the week prior, um, I just had some other shit come up. And then last week, I had the most technical difficulties I've had. So that was fun. Um, but uh, I opened my computer today, tried it all out, and we're back. So good to have, uh, good to be back. Good to, good to have uh, the, the internet working. And um, give me a moment, I'll be right back. All right, I am back. So yeah, um, it's been it's been a time living life and life coming as it does. And uh, I've been facing some challenges for sure, but like, it's weird because at the end of it all, all the challenges that are frustrating and weird and uncomfortable, I am able to take a step back and see how good life really is outside of all the worries and the bullshit and the stories that I make up in my head about how life isn't good enough. Uh, so, it's been a weird ride. It's been a journey. Um, we're all in this together. So I know some of y'all feel this. I know Dusty's been feeling this. Um, a lot of folks I run into have been feeling this, like there's some sort of shift going on. And, uh, you know, it's best to just go with it. You know, allow the shift to happen. Uh, and allow the things to come as they come instead of like stressing and over worrying and forcing things, just do the things. Uh, and I've been doing the things. I've just been trying to really do the things. Um, it's not always easy, but I always make it. And that's the most important thing. Uh, <clears throat> I've had some unexpected stuff, but then also I've had just this layer of understanding, kind of, that comes along with life, right? So like, I just kind of understand that things get difficult. Um, my manager at the shop, Brittany, she is amazing. Uh, and she has been going through a lot of shit as well. And it's weird, because it's like, the way I explained it the other day is like, I'm just at 60% frustrated a lot of the time, uh, but that's good enough, right? Like I can make it through life um, 
with that level sometimes because you know anything more than 20 percent of stress used to fucking send me a new tailspin so now i'm just kind of like learning how to live through all my stresses all my problems all my worries and how to just accept how life comes at us you know life comes at us in really weird ways uh faster harder and more scary than most of the time that we can accept but if we just keep doing it and we just keep moving and we just keep doing our best uh loving ourselves loving others uh enjoying the ride you know as much as possible um I was driving to work the other day and this concept of excitementy popped into my head, which is anxiety, anxiety and excitement uh, mashed into one. And really the reason why I came up with that is because A, your body can't tell the difference between anxiety and excitement. So, you know, if you're excited about doing something that also makes you anxious well, now you're just having like a double dose of that feeling. And if anxiety is at the forefront of your, you know, process, thought process, then it can be pretty rough. Uh, so just remember, anxiety and excitement, your body can't tell the difference. Uh, and at this moment, we have the man, the myth, the legend, good old dusty pit stick dropping in. Hello, sir. Can you hear me? How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Living life. That is an apt uh, statement. I am also alive, and it is life. Yep, and we're living it. <laughs> I am living it. We are living it. Yeah. Um, today was one of those days where it was annoying to live it. Uh, that happened was nothing um which is the weird thing it's just you know the mental state uh and donna's been really stressed out because she's been doing a lot more than was planned uh between managing tattoo shop stuff that we need to like you know get straight again since uh having the business partner back out and then getting her own coaching program uh, put together uh, for the, the studio management. So she's been like doing her best to figure out the website stuff on top of doing all the shop stuff. And it's been, it's been a lot. Um, and then her being so <coughs> in the computer and stressed out kind of, I feel that. And then if I'm in something, then my initial reaction is to go and be reactive. And today I didn't do that, but uh, I'm just working through all the things that are annoying because life can get annoying sometimes. A lot of annoying things, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. To say the least. Yeah, yeah. So now we're back. Um, we don't have the internet problems that we had last week. So good to see you again. And uh, good to see you. I wanted to dive in because I just now I'm seeing your message. Yeah. <laughs> Bashing food in record time. <laughs> it, it has been like the weirdest weather. Okay. Uh, the past week or so here, where it'll be like forty degrees at night, and then like eighty-seven degrees in the day, and it'll rain, and it'll get cold again, and then it'll rain, and it'll get cold, and then it'll get humid. <clears throat> but we've had these like it's gorgeous out, and then it's like fat, super hail, storm, rain, fat rain, um, just on and off and all over the place. Really, like no logic or rhyme or reason. Uh, so I left the shop about the time i should have but then i was like trying to grab food real quick and everything caught up and then the whole highway drive instead of being the 65 mile an hour speed limit was like 40 because it was like you can't see two feet in front of you kind of rain so kind of just threw me threw me a little off my game so i walked in my door at like 4:59 and just immediately proceeded to inhale the food i had grabbed as quickly as possible <laughs> 
And then I sent you a message saying I might be five minutes late. So here we are. Cool. Cool. Love it. Love it. So um, I know you had a concept for a, a topic on last week that we didn't get to dive into. Yeah. Yeah. You've been asking me to come up with concepts and topics. Uh, it, it is... <laughs> To put it into something I have been reflecting on a lot and talking with friends and family and loved ones <clears throat> about a lot lately, and it has also been a topic uh, in therapy-related stuff a lot lately, is a big thing that um, whether it is friendship, whether it is love language, whether it is self-care, whether it is any one of the number of things that go into our lives and our emotional well-being, uh, when there is a misalignment that is a word I just totally pulled out of my ass, uh, but I feel like it's an apt one. <clears throat> a uh, mis misalignment of ideologies that, uh, you know, if your love language is intimacy and touch and your partner's love language is gift giving, uh, but not touch, that you may be in a weird relationship where you are trying to figure out constantly why the other person doesn't like you. And you are trying to be a people pleaser and give them more gifts and do more things because that is how you show your love when it is not how they do. And it causes this weird imbalance of, you know, it can be that way with work relationships. It can be that way with, uh, you know, friendships. It can be that way with strangers that you interact with that you think you're doing a good deed and they do not take it as such. Um, I have gotten less over the past couple of years touchy. Like I'll shake people's hand a lot more. I used to be a big hugger and I am mm -hmm. hugging less and I'm working on figuring out why that is. But I know a lot of clients that when I go to shake their hand afterwards, they're, ah, bring it in. And I'm just like, Ugh. and there is like a weird, like, I usually end up just being like, okay, pat, pat. But like, you don't want to upset people because you don't hug them when they ask for a big hug. Um, but then you stop big, hugging because you didn't want to upset people. I still do hug people because I don't want to. When you know, people are like, ah, bring her in, give me a big hug. I, I don't want to be like, ew, no. Um, but uh, yeah, nobody wants to hear that. But it is one of those things where it is also like, I don't necessarily want to hug you. Uh, and sometimes I do. There's sometimes where I tattoo people uh, or have friends or family or whoever that are going through stuff where it's like, you know, let, let me give you a hug. Let me help console you. But it's really just another example of that weird misalignment of like, you know, nobody's wrong because they want to hug you and you're not wrong if you don't want to receive that hug and you just want to like give them a high five. <laughs> a high five. Uh, nobody's wrong if they want to shower you with gifts equally that you're not in the wrong if you don't want to have gifts given to you. Um, <clears throat> nobody is wrong if they want to be a little bit of a time hog if that is their love language is quality time. Uh, but if you value your independence, that doesn't make you in the wrong either. And it's just a weird thing of that misalignment and like how do you communicate it how do you overcome it how do you work with it and uh i bring it up just because we're here to talk about feelings and that's what we do talk about but it is also something that is very interesting in the tattoo world specifically because we do all form a lot of odd and uncanny and kind of peculiar relationships sometimes with our clients, with our bosses, with our mentors, with our apprentices, with our coworkers. And it's weird to see how they develop sometimes to where you may think you're making all the right moves and being cool. Like, Oh, I did this for so-and-so and I did that and I did this and, you know, I did this and maybe that's not what they want. Maybe that's not what they need. So in your head, you make all the right moves and in their head, you're like, why, why is this person bothering so much? Or in, you know, the flip side of that, uh, you know, sometimes it happens to us too, um, like with attention where people, you know, hey, I'm, I'm upset. I'm going to take a step back. And then other people are like, oh, they're not talking. Are they mad? Uh, sometimes you just give people space because you feel that they need space. And that's the last thing they want, but it's not really communicated. And then they think you hate them. Uh, and it just just a lot of that that spirals out of control and really does turn into 
people build up resentments and, you know, people build up feuds and people build up things where they think people are leaving or that people want to leave. And it's crazy how much stuff goes on that we could control pretty easily by being able to just take a step back and be more communicative of it. And I've been guilty of it too, of just, you know, the, the, the harborment or harboring resentment and all that, it builds up because people just, uh, people, people just, you know, they kind of do their thing and they go how they, you know, feel or how they decide others feel rather than communicating about it. And it's just figuring out how to overcome that barrier of being like, all right, well, I'm a, I'm a gifter and I really like you, but you don't like trinkets and stuff and you don't want a lot of things. So like, maybe I just give you compliments or maybe it's that, you know, reassurement is a big thing for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, just figuring out what other people's languages are and how to work around it and work with it. No, that's a hundred percent, man. Cause like, you know, all the shifts that have been going on in my studio, uh, you know, the peers are leaving the business partner backing out. Um, and it's one of those things like how nine 11 brought everybody together in a really wonderful way. Um, all these things happening inside the studio have brought me, Donna, and Brittany really close um, in a way that we just care so much about the studio now. Uh, and and I, I can say that, like, there was a period that I really didn't care much about it. Um, and obviously, there was an energetic shift there because of that. So... Um, when I started trying to bring back in the care and the love, then more things were going wrong even after we recalibrated. And now it just every everything that goes wrong, I care more about finding the proper aligned solution rather than just Ooh. acting out of I need this, so let's figure it out, right? So um in us searching for the right things. One of the things that I heard somewhere years ago and I try to put into my my daily life is if it isn't a fuck, yeah, don't do it. So with hiring, with decision making, with things that we're doing inside the studio, me, Brittany and Donna all kind of talk like that to each other. So like, you know, if we're if we're looking at we need to fill a chair and there's a person that's available. OK, well, do we just bring them in for that sake? of needing to fill the chair. And then one of us will be like, well, if it's not a fuck, yeah. And then we're like, okay, cool. Let's wait for the right thing to happen. Um, so in that happening, now we have new people coming in and having to learn how to communicate to and through um, simple things, less than simple things, disasters, uh, small problems, you know, how, how to congratulate and make them feel welcome and loved. Uh, we just have, we had another piercer that we just hired um, and they're very, very timid. And you know me, right? Like, I'm like, come on, yeah. you know, what, what, what are you doing over there being shy? So, uh, and I think this is where it circles back to what you were saying about um, love languages and communication styles. Um, how do I communicate to that person that they're valued? Uh, because every person that matters, I don't even want to say matters, every person that has something to do with hiring, firing, or running the studio has expressed their appreciation. And this person yeah. is very, very timid and shy. So uh, in the past, that would make me, and I hear my mom in my head being like, I don't trust quiet people. And like, of course, that's indoctrination from my youth, right? Um, so like, I hear my mother saying, I don't trust quiet people. So I'm like, all right, we've already worked past that level of distrust. So how, and then how do I communicate to this person and through this blockage? Uh, and one of the things that Jeremy Miller, um, I took uh, a business course that he was, was uh, running, um, and that was one of the things he talked about, having everyone in the studio taking the 16 personalities test, Myers-Briggs test, I think it's called, um, but 16personalities.com is this place where you can go take it. And um, it's a great idea, right? But if you have the information of like, 
okay, well, this person's an INFJ, you know, and they're, they're, they're tumultuous. And, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, all these different things. Like if you don't know how to communicate with that, that information is still kind of moot data. Right. So like it goes, it goes now to the book that I started listening to today while I was at the gym, having a butt fuck of a time because uh, the gym all of a sudden got difficult again um, this morning. <laughs> um, but she was saying in this book that like all the answers are inside you. And, you know, and I, you, I mean, you took the magical motherfucker class. That was one of the biggest uh, pillars there was like, the answers are inside, go inside, ask for guidance, uh, you know, ask the question and you'll get the answer. So it's like, it's just a matter of being intuitive with the humans that are in your life is what I feel is a solution to it. And like when you're listening to what they're saying and you're trying to hear what they're saying and you're trying to give them what you actually think they need instead of what you want to give them. That's like, that's the difficult thing. Um, you know, my affinity to trash reality television. Um, Donna was watching uh, the ultimatum queer love. And so yesterday I didn't want to do anything because it was a Sunday and I like to relax on Sundays. So I just, well, she was on the internet fucking doing web stuff. I'm watching this ultimatum show. And one of the things that one of the people in, in the couple said was like, and it was wild because she was talking to this girl's dad about this girl. And she was like, yeah, this other person that I did this trial marriage with asked me what I need. And no one's ever asked me that before. And like, as a parent, that would hurt me to find out my child never asked a partner. Like you've been together four years. You ain't never asked that person what they need out of this relationship or what they need from you. But like, that is such a beautiful, simple concept. Like, what do you need from me? And most people don't know how to answer it. And that's why I feel like going inside in our intuition is a really good way of like figuring out how to communicate, I guess. So yeah, um, I feel you on all that. <laughs> well, it's crazy because you had just made that comment that you're like, man, it would be really wild to think that you've got somebody who been with someone for years and never asked them like oh you know what do you what do you need what do you but like I think so often that a lot of us don't whether it's with a romantic partner whether it's with friends whether it's with family because the, the, it, we don't do things to we do do things to hurt people uh absolutely sometimes most of this and more often than not though it's not that we're doing things malicious or to hurt people it's just that we can't see past our own noses enough that you don't have to ask somebody what they need because in your brain i'm so smart i know what they need i've listened to them talk oh they said they like this so you know like Oh, they said they really like travel and they really like reading. So I'm going to buy them a bunch of travel books. They may have also somewhere in there not communicated that they fucking hate clutter or don't like books around. Or, you know, I prefer audio. Right. It's like we, we, we take the context clues that we do pick up on and we just decide so much stuff. And it's not that we're ignorant or that we're hateful or spiteful to never sit down and be like, hey, what do you need from this? What do you need from me? It's that we're so just self-consumed sometimes with our own, like, oh, I, I got this shit unlocked. Kick-ass friend of the year here. I heard him say this. I'm going to do that. And, you know, I'm going to buy him those concert tickets. They're going to think I'm the shit. And they're, oh, I, I have, you know, a thing that day. Oh, you have a thing? I didn't even know. You know, like, right, right. Just so much stupid little stuff that it, it really is the end of the day, like, vulnerability i think is the most uncomfortable form of communication um and outside of telling someone their baby is ugly that's really hard too um but uh vulnerability is probably the most uncomfortable form of communication because it is saying like hey i don't know what you need help and it's wild because it's such a human and none of us really know what we we need let alone what others need but it's somehow so hard to say help me help you with this like what can i do and sometimes it's just 
it's a, it's a I love the show Parks and Rec. It's one of my favorite shows. There's a whole episode based around the idea that uh, Rashida Jones's character, she's married to uh, here, and I can see his stupid face, Rob Lowe. Um, <laughs> and he keeps trying to, she's pregnant and everything with the baby. Oh, I have heartburn right now. I'm worried about the crib. I miss that. He'll like drive to another state and get a new crib or he's doing all this stuff. And finally, at the end, they learn to sit down and for her to just be like, I just need to complain and for you to say it, that sucks. And it's funny because it's such a silly concept that all she wants is him to just hear her complain because she just wants to air grievances and not fix and not do that. And just be like, damn, that sucks. And then, you know, she puts her head on his lap and is like, yeah, that sucks. And they just like, oh, okay, we magically leveled up our relationship. We get it now. But it is a funny thing that like that is true that a lot of times people just want to complain or they want to, you know, be a certain way and to just have you listen. And we are so tuned in on trying to get them this or do that or fix this. And it just that simple communication of like, what do you need or do you need anything? Do you just need me to smile and nod? Uh, I have learned um over the years that if you can just listen and throw in the occasional like damn that's wild most people are just so happy to have that they don't want you to fix it they don't just damn that's wild uh i hear you and to actually listen helps if you back it up uh, right. by actually paying attention of course but just to like throw it throw in some damn that's wild and the occasional like i told you they're crazy um well you know it, but it's so hard to be vulnerable enough to be like is that what she is this what you want um, and I came, this has been like a huge topic in my life since I've been born, I think uh, if we're being real about it, but especially over the last couple of years, about a year ago, I left a shop that I was at for more than a couple of years. And there was a lot of people there that like, some of them I've kind of buried the hatchet with some of them I haven't, it's all over the place. And I took so much offense when I left. Because I was like, the owner and I did not get along. There was a lot of stuff I didn't think was going on that was right. There was stuff that I was more than willing to admit that I was probably in the wrong about. But like, I was like, I don't like this. I don't like how this is going. And I left. And there were people that kind of ghosted on me. And there were people that maybe had their own reasons and maybe, you know, whatever. But I was like so and offended and like mopey and angry and complainative and hungry about the whole thing that like I was just in a bad form for a while because it was like you know this motherfucker's phone broke and I bought a new one and they're like can I have your old phone and I'm like yeah, how about I just buy you one because my old phone sucks or like people that I worked with it when their iPad shit out I'm like I'll get you an iPad or like got them you know fucking lunch or whatever because that's kind of my like friendship language is like i make money i am super low maintenance i have money to spare i would rather spend it on people i love and if they need something get it for them if there's a gofundme donate to it if this person's hungry buy them lunch just there's no expectation out of it of like you know you owe me but i've kind of started to learn that i secretly did harbor an expectation of like not that you're buying friendship per se, but like, man, I've done all these great things for you. Why wouldn't you remain friends with me when I leave? And it took a while to realize like, maybe that's not shit that they, it's shit they needed. Maybe it's not shit they wanted. Maybe that's not their language. Maybe they had other stuff going on that I'm so busy worrying about my end of like, Oh, la di da! I bought you a fucking iPad and some chicken nuggets. Like, you too good for me now? That like maybe they had a whole bunch of other shit going on I don't know about. And it took a while to get to that point of realizing like you might not, you might not only not be the problem, you might not even be on their radar right now. Uh, okay. Stop taking shit so personally. Stop thinking anyone owes you anything because you did what you think is right or you made the right moves and that was i mean shit i left that place almost a month ago september or a month a year september will be a year and i'm just now really unpacking it to the point of like making and it made me kind of like a, a grody bummer person in some aspects oh and i'm i'm a pretty smiley dude and my clients like me and i think people like me but it did it made me harbor resentments under my skin, I think, towards a lot of people that probably didn't deserve it. 
and it made me very ambitiously like words towards people about certain things like i i got real opinionated on a lot of things and i got real like grumpy. and uh, it was really because in my head and in my heart i was like i fucking did cool shit for these people why don't they like me and it took a while to step back and be like man maybe not everyone likes you maybe um you can't buy friendship even if that's not what you were trying to do maybe those people will come around maybe they're just fucking assholes and you're not in the wrong occasionally you're not you know like it could be any number of these things or a lot of them or none of them but you just have to let it play out and stop letting it affect everything else so hardly and that's what's funny is that it really did boil down to there's people from that shop that i am still homies with that had a similar love language or a similar friendship language or whatever you want to call it that would absolutely like we'd like fight at restaurants you know we all go out after a convention and you try to like on the sly like they're like all right how are we doing bills like oh one check and then the other friend hands them the card before you can even get the check um so you know there were people that had that similar language as me and i've had that in friendships and relationships in the past and that's always cool but it's just such a muddy water of like trying to figure out how other people are and like you said, how how to best accommodate it without intimidating or weirding people out. If you have a bashful person at your job, you can find a fun way to work with that and maybe even get them to open up a little more. But you've got to figure out how to doing it without making it super weird because it's really easy to make it super weird. And I'm kind of a chronic oversharer in uncomfortable situations. So like I'll tell people like, oh, I almost called you Dave instead of Dan, but now I'm telling you that I almost called you Dave instead of Dan. So now you know, and now I feel even weirder that I said it. I thought it'd make me feel better instead of keeping it in, and now it doesn't. And now we're standing here, and now you're looking at me, and now I don't know what to do. And it just like spirals so fast that you have to like figure out how to make it work. Yeah, no, I mean, I've gone, gone through a lot of that <clears throat> in the past few year or so. I've just like, changing how I help people because I would insert myself in every problem in everyone's life and like try to help them help themselves and that that was greeted with coldness irritation aggression fuck you sometimes uh and it's like maybe not maybe not everybody uh requires help in the way that I can see the solution right now like like you said about the Parks and Rec show how she just wanted to vent and like she just needed to hear that that sucks sometimes the people that work at your studio that you see the roots of their problem well maybe they don't want to hear about the root of their problem right now <laughs> maybe they're not fucking ready you know um maybe they don't need you to help them Maybe they don't want a fucking healing session right now, you know? And just because I'm running around like being like, hey, man, let's heal together doesn't mean motherfuckers want to heal with you at this moment, you know? Like the, the concept of being able to heal your emotions is so foreign to some people that like it makes them feel weird to even think that it's possible. Uh, let alone wanting to do it, especially with people in front of people. Like, so I've I've realized that like the services that I want to offer people are the services that I feel like are asked for, and that that's in all aspects of my life, you know. But like, yeah. especially in the shop, um, <clears throat> you know, with clients, man, I've been helping people heal their emotional wounds my whole career. And it's really not a whole lot about what I do as much as giving them a safe space to be not judged and heard. Yeah. Because that is something I do a lot of times with clients is um, it, it's so funny. I'll kind of make fun of it because on paper it's so cheesy, but I, I have tattooed with other people, uh, people that I love and people that are awesome with people but they'll you can tell when a client is being kind of like guarded because they'll some of the questions you'll hear i have like the client i tattooed today 
I just tattooed her on Friday. Um, I tattooed her husband, did a big Simpsons tattoo on him, and uh, which is always super fun when someone hits you up specifically, like, I got a crazy Simpsons idea. You in? Fuck yeah, I'm in. Um, and I did the uh, Dayton has a roller derby team. They actually, we have like three. They're all, it's the same team, but they have like an A, B, and C team. And I guess they're like really highly ranked nationwide and it's like a big deal. Uh, but it's the Gem City Roller Girls, and uh, I think it's the A team. They're called the Purple Rain, um, which is great. But they, uh, I had tied into sponsor room because I tattoo a couple of the people on the team uh, regularly. They had asked about sponsorship, so I chipped some money in. And uh, the initial idea we had, this is a very roundabout way. I get, I'm getting there, I promise. Uh, we were going to do a flash sale, like a roller derby themed flash sale, and raise whatever money raised, donate half of it to the team. That was our sponsorship. Then I found out the sponsorship was due in like 10 days. I was like, I do not have enough time to organize a flash sale, but I still made the flash sheet and I finally finished it and put it out. And now like the whole team has been bombing me. They're all coming in and getting it. So I'm tattooing this guy. His wife's like, oh, I just saw the flash sheet you like just put up. Uh, I'm on the team. Can I just come with my husband and get tattooed? So she shows up, I tattoo her. Uh, well, then she finally realizes what Simpsons tattoo she wants while we're talking. Hits me up the next day books it for today i didn't have anything booked uh because it's monday we're closed so i'll like i'll go in if it's a cool idea whatever um but her and i just same with her husband hit it off very quick and easy hey you know how's your kid how's this whatever blah 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 you get those clients that are guarded and you're very like oh you know do you do you like music you know like do you have plans? <laughs> it's it, it always feels like a bad school essay you're like do you have plans for the summer like what's your favorite kind of bird uh but it's so funny that you will attack from so many angles and they're guarded 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 and then you know the person in the chair next to you getting tattooed makes some comment about like oh i just went and saw you know the spider-man movie last night and all of a sudden you see your client have that little gleam in their eye and i'll be oh did you see it and they're like oh yeah man i really love the marvel movies and what and it's like that one thing clicks and they open up and once that wall is down and I've seen some other artists that are good at it and I kind of consider not to sound full of myself, but I feel like I'm pretty good at it is knowing just enough about everything and being able to communicate with enough sort of lifestyles of people that like, whether, you know, you're black, white, Asian, male, female, young, old, trans, fucking liberal, whatever. Like I'm usually pretty good about finding some good common ground and how to communicate with you and rolling with that. And, uh, so like you said, it does become this healing thing. Sometimes you gotta you gotta poke and prod a little bit. Like so you what you do you dog person? <laughs> you know, uh, like what was what were the names of all of your aunts and uncles? Um just oh it gets <laughs> so I just had a breakthrough with a friend of mine. Um yeah. doesn't really open up ever. Like never really. The most opening up he does to me is he tells me how good I am at doing the wellness stuff and the coaching and all that. And he's like, I see the way you are with people. Like, so when he tells me shit like that, I really take it like to heart in a good way. I'm like, damn dog, my man fucking thinks I'm good at this. Like he's pretty tough. Uh, so if he thinks I'm good at this and you know, maybe I'll get him to fucking loosen up and talk one day. Lots of sessions in the chair, and he doesn't sit well. So, like, we can't really break through anything because he's just fucking trying to stay alive. Um, and then the other night, we went to dinner, uh, us and him and his wife. And then we went to the cigar bar afterwards. And me and him sitting there smoking a cigar together. Like, that was it. That's what got him to open up. I've known this guy for a couple of years. We own a real estate company together. And like, I've not gotten him to like really talk like that. And it was really cool to witness it. Um, because those people make you feel like you're not good anymore. Right. Like, cause yeah. like that's, that's one of my gifts, right? One of my gifts naturally is getting people to open up without even trying. And I noticed that because I've had so many people open up to me and yeah. I wasn't trying that when like, when I meet someone that kind of gives me the same energy as my dad, 
my whole life I used to try and break my dad. Like if I could make my dad laugh, that was the win of the century because he was a very stoic man, right? And he was tough and angry. And like, he grew up a poor fat kid in Cuba. So like, you know, and then when he came here, he was a poor fat Cuban in, in America. So like, he didn't really trust anyone or anything. And so when I could get him to break, ah, oh, that was the best. So like, when I have those moments with people and I like break them, it's like, wow, I got you, you know? And like, it's such an, it's, it's, it's a feeling of accomplishment, like egoically, you know, like, wow, I am good at this talking thing. But like, it's even a bigger thing because it's like, I know that person has feelings and we'll talk about them in the right setting. But like we have to get there. Actually, another thing that happened, it was wild um, with, a, with another good friend of mine. So I was tattooing his business partner the other day. And like I tell him, yo, where's fucking where's the homie at? Tell him to come up. And he texts him at like five something. And uh, he finally shows up. And so we'd been there all day. And when he shows up around six or something, uh, he's like, so do they open up to you yet? Or no, he go he goes to his friend, his business partner. He's like, "Yo, so is Robbie coaching you through things yet, or what? Is he helping Ooh. you?" And like, this is one of the dudes that like I didn't expect him Ooh. to ever appreciate the things I do with the rad movement because he's kind of a traditional man, you know. Uh, and so he's like, "Yeah, man, Robbie's really good at this shit. Like, really fucking good at this shit. Like." Man, he helps me through shit all the time. And I don't even realize it with him, you know, because we're just great friends. He's one of my best friends in the world. And we've known each other for years. And like we've we've really like found our way in our friendship as of late, too. So like we've got all this past and all this beautiful now. And just to hear him say that about me was really cool, right? And like I was working on dude all day, like mentally working on him like asking the loaded questions and he didn't open up and as soon as george leaves actually even before george leaves he fucking starts opening up about the shit that i was asking about hours ago and i was like whoa this is cool man so you like it, it's like the client says the thing about the marvel movies and now you got your in it's really weird like when you're so used to doing it yourself when you get the assist it's really nice. But then when you hear that you're good at these things from people that you wouldn't expect to talk like that, it's like, wow. It's just a nice feeling knowing that people value the oh, things yeah. that I value and I value helping people. One of, one of my favorites is uh, the, the unexpected open up where people mm -hmm. like you'll do something that they don't uh i've had people that will walk into our shop and take a look at everyone and look at the tattoos being done look at me look at the stuff in my booth a lot of traditional stuff like stimson stuff whatever <laughs> and uh they'll sit down and it'll be like someone's like 50 year old dad that looks like he like throws kegs 20 feet in the air for a living it's all, all right, young man, tattoo me, you know, and we'll get into tattooing in about 15, 20 minutes in. He'll kind of mention something about, oh, well, you know, this sports team. And I'll be like, oh, man, last year when they did this and they had this guy, you know, on wide receiver and this, 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 this. And they're oh, you watch football? And I'm like, yeah. Like, and they'll just like kind of look at me like, huh. And then just boom, like wall down. They start talking about it. Um, I did that uh, with. Uh, the lady that I talked to today. I'm trying to remember what band it was. I was asking her about music and she was very like, oh, you know, punk and whatever. And I'm like, oh, I love punk. And we're talking about, you know, punk music. And because uh, I was asking her what she wanted to throw on. And uh, she said, you know, whatever. And she had kind of mentioned something about like, you know, I kind of listened to some new wave too. And I just like, oh, you know, like Depeche Mode, Joy Division, New Order, like just started zipping through stuff. And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And just like immediately came back to life and started getting into stuff. So it's it's fun when you know enough about enough that people wouldn't expect you to. Um, 
tattooed kind of that you know the 60 year old kind of mechanic grizzled dad on saturday a whole family came in and they all got tattooed by everyone in the shop and uh we had the 70s station on i mean something about some band from the 70s and he was like well do you know what this singer was trying when he wrote this song and i was like oh yeah this is about so and so it's rush this is you know whatever and he's like huh and just kind of looked at me like well fuck uh, I guess this kid's all right, and it's, it's well, nice, damn. <laughs> you know, it's nice to uh, get that out of people and to uh, you know turn them around a little bit. And it's funny because, like, you use uh, knowing a little bit about a lot of things. <laughs> Hi, Kitty. Um, I use being able to relate, even if I don't know it so it's a similar tactic right so yeah. if you bring up sports ball you know i'll be like well you know i'm not really a sportser um but you know uh tom brady you know or some shit and then just do something silly or something relatable or some way to keep the conversation moving uh even if i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about because it gives them a sense of, wow, this person might want to hear what I have to say, you know, and it, or like, oh, did you see that play? No. Well, why don't you tell me about it? Cause I'd love to hear about what made it so noteworthy that we're still talking about it 15 years later. You know what I'm saying? Like things like that. So I think it's a very similar tactic. Um, and I don't really think it's a necessary, I don't think it's an intentional tactic. I think it's just part of our gifts. It's just what we do. Like, you know, you just know a lot of things and I'm a pretty relatable guy. So like, <laughs> it's nice that that specific that you're saying is such a nice thing because uh, I was telling my client this earlier today that I was like, it's so funny when you get a level of comfort with people that you're tattooing that uh, you kind of drift in and out of conversation. Like it'll just be quiet for like 15, 20 minutes. And then they'll like, oh, did you, you know, see this movie or whatever? And then it just clicks right back into uh the the girl that I tattooed today, she's on the roller derby team. Roller derby names are the best thing ever, by the they way. They are. Dude, um, roller derby names are better than tattoo ink names. Like the, the gal that the first one that I did the roller derby flash on, uh, her roller derby name is Ruthless Skater Ginsburg. And I'm like, that's just that's great. Um the girl I that it. I tattooed Friday, her roller derby name is Betty Kruger. And uh, so she got like a purple, they're like the Gem City, it's all like purple theme for the roller girls. Uh, and like I said, the A team is named Purple Rain and stuff like that. So she got a purple pair of roller skates on her arm. Um, and she was like, yeah, I want to do something with Freddy Krueger because of Betty Krueger, but like, I don't know. And there was another piece of flash that had like socks with like, they were coming out of skates, like big tube socks. And she was like, I was thinking maybe those with the like red and green stripes for Freddy Krueger. And uh you know, we talked about it a little bit and she hit me up. It was the next day that she's like, okay, I found out in one of the Treehouse of Horror Simpsons, the couch gag is that Freddie and Jason are sitting on the couch when the family runs in. Uh, I found a good screenshot. Can we make that a tattoo? And I'm like, of course we can. Um, so we're talking about music, blah, blah, blah. It gets quiet for about 15 minutes. We're kind of just both zoned out. I'm hitting little spots, whatever. And uh, she just out of nowhere, she's like, you know, obviously I got this for that. Like, were, were you into horror movies? And uh, I was like, you know, I liked the 80s stuff, the cheese ball, buckets of blood. I was like, I don't really like the newer stuff because it's too realistic and all the like true crime stuff. Because if Jason cuts off someone's head and there's, you know, fake blood everywhere, it's funny. It's almost like a spoof. Uh, if you hear about this person in Pennsylvania that like murdered their family and, you know, left them in the house propped up. I'm like, that really happened to someone and it bugs me out and I can't. I can't do it and she was so like dude me too and all my friends are into like serbian film and like all these like gruesome and she's like i'm just not and it turned into a whole nother 30 right. 40 minute conversation about that and it turned into us talking about like old trauma movies and like all the the, the fun horror stuff and this show what we do in the shadows that we're both into and just like it, it just started a whole nother tangent and it was like four minutes of just us listening to music in silence before she asked that one question and then just like all right cool we're talking again boom like the ebb and flow is really fun it is man because like 
I call that time traveling in a sense, you know, because like you just zone out and like the time just goes away because you're in the art there in the receiving, you know, like either either facing the pain, going through some healing moments, you know, fucking whatever they're going through, they're going through it too. So it's interesting when we like go in and out. I had this one guy, I think like 60s, uh, former um, military. Also, he just looked like he threw kegs in the air for fun. Um, like he, he was, you know, just a beefy fucking older fella. Um, didn't expect to cry with him. I'm doing like a fucking eagle and an American flag on my mans, right? So I really didn't expect to have these deep moments that we had. And then he gave me a totally different perspective on what it was like to be a parent of an older child. So like he was talking about his one son and how he was like a drug addict and stuff most of his life. And then when he like got out of that, now they have a relationship like that's so strong and his son's like 35 or something and they have barbecues every weekend at dad's house and the son brings the wife and the kids over and like Jaden's only 22 and Zen's one. So my experience with being a parent to a child, like Jaden's not even a child anymore, but like still a kid, right? You know, 22, we're still fucking up like 35 that's a different story so i'm like to think about Jaden, like having a career having a family having his own house and then bringing his family over and like hanging out the way i do on sundays with the homies at the house but i'm doing it with my favorite homie my son but as a grown like whoa that blew my mind and like him in the process of telling like about his son's active addiction and stuff like that back in the day, dude, he got madly emotional. And I was just like, it was so insane to me to like see this badass motherfucker. And like, not only did he like get real and raw and vulnerable with me and like, he's getting an American flag and Eagle tattoo. When I look at my calendar. I don't expect to have like a really emotional day and like really like honor and cherish this man the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? But like that happened. And like, it was just so cool when the things you don't expect, cause like, you know, you go through the lull and you don't expect this great conversation to come out of it. And like, sometimes you get in with somebody and you don't expect it. Like dude, the one I posted today, it was a shark at the bottom and a whole beach scene, right? Well, her daughter got her leg bit off by a shark. So like, I knew we was going to have a day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I almost came in with, like, armor on, ready to, like, fight these, like, nasty, scary, sad demons. But, like, you don't expect it when it's an American flag and an eagle on an old military guy. Yeah. So it's really cool how it pops out from nowhere. Like, this one lady uh, in her 50s when I was tattooing in Indiana. Um. Maybe maybe her 40s. Well, you know, a grown-up. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. people don't confuse her for a kid. She's a grown-up. She's all retro and shit, and she sells retro stuff online, uh, on eBay. Like, that's her job. And her and her husband uh, fucking adopted a kid uh, from a foreign country and gave him a better life. So really great, awesome, specifically just them type people. I didn't expect her to be like, Ooh, I like this music. This is beatdown music. Reminds me of my dungeon days. And then tells me, you know, I've been tattooed by him a bunch, but I can tell you anything. And I was like, whoa. And then starts to tell us about her dungeon days and BDSM stuff. And like, it's so funny when like people, when you give people such a safe space that they can just fucking tell you anything. And this shop was an open floor plan. So everybody was privy to our conversation. Like, it is weird how much open floor plan tattooing I've done and how much weird shit has come out of people's mouths in my chair. (laughs) Like, (laughs) because, and now I like, I work in my own room. So I feel like there's a separation, you know, but that open floor plan style is wild. Like a couple of people can hear me, but everybody's usually in their own shit, you know? So it's, it's, it's wild. What's that? Open floor plan is everything. 
Uh, it is my favorite. It, eh. uh, I'm playing <laughs> cranky, but uh, no, open floor plan is everything because even when you do have those guarded clients or the people that just aren't opening up or the people that are kind of quiet, when there's two or three other conversations happening within 10 feet of you, it all slowly morphs into, and I have seen it, you know, it doesn't always go perfect. You definitely get a, one of the best things I ever saw was at my old shop. Um, I'm cool. At some point you saw videos or heard the stories of Mark, like the guy in his seventies that uh, didn't get his first tattoo until his seventies. And now he's like, damn, you're covered neck down. Um, everybody at the shop had tattooed him at some point. I did a few lettering things on him, but uh, he kind of got like a, he always wanted to get tattooed and he had some inheritance from his parents passing and really fun and interesting guy. A lot of weird stories. Reminds me a lot of Kramer from Seinfeld. Very animated, very, oh, you know, oh, uh, to the point that I had to yell at him once. I did some lettering on his arm and I blew out one letter because in the middle of it, he, oh, Jeffrey Toll, did you know this song? And I'm like, dude, I'm tattooing your arm. And he just jerked it up. Like, come on. Um, super nice guy, but he knows he is an everything about everything kind of guy. But all he really wants to talk about is shit that no one else would ever like. Why? Um, and I watched one day. It was uh, Zach Good had a client, and uh, they're here in this booth, and about five feet across from him, Evans tattoo and that guy, and uh, that guy Mark, the older guy, and he starts talking to Zach's client about like banjo music and stuff, and it's like this guy, like this like 30 something hip hop guy that's like talking about Jay-Z and he's like, Oh, well, I don't know who Jay-Z is, but did you ever hear about, you know, the, the fabulous Everly brothers and their banjo quartet and you know, whatever. And this guy just literally pretended to go to sleep after 30 minutes. He's like, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. I'm closing my eyes and just pretending to be asleep. Uh, and I feel like Mark even still kept talking. So every once in a while it doesn't go right. But for the most part, the open floor plan, it's so good to when you do have those guarded ones or the people that are a certain way, um you start hearing the conversation next year the, their conversation talking with this client and pretty pretty quickly it turns into everybody just having a big open discussion listening to the same music talking about the same thing it, it, it's kind of that i i i am a sucker for like the barbershop mentality of yes. like everybody's there to cut it up and have a good time so when you've got you know hey everybody's tattooing today it's all fun clients we're all going to get lunch together everybody's just going to you know flap their jaws it's also kind of nice because then sometimes i can just okay there's three other artists and three other clients i can just kind of shut up and focus on what i'm doing and let everybody else entertain each other it's kind of a nice thing yeah yeah do be like that sometimes it's funny the the best way for it to blow up in my face is when like i interject from my room and now i've got people screaming at me from boots away in a different room yeah. And I can't hear them. And at some point in time, like, I either have to say something or hope they get the hint that I can't hear them. Uh, yeah, because, yeah. But no, it is a lot of fun when you are just cutting it up like that, just in in the fucking, in the fun pit of people, you know, yeah. everybody talking, everybody connecting. Um, the Chuck and Charlotte, Chuck just recently passed, um, but i've met them they've been in the tattoo community locally for years uh they've been getting tattooed at my shop by billy since we opened um and uh they're like what is it guinness books most heavily tattooed older couple like cool. yeah they're super great people um and they met in the tattoo shop cool. not mine but like somebody cool. else's shop you know like i think she was getting tattooed and he was in there and then they just ended up fucking hitting it off and striking up a dope conversation. And it's funny because I was talking about him the other day and I was saying how like not everyone is what they seem. So every doctor you meet isn't a good person um, or even a wealthy person um, because based on our societal beliefs, doctors are like the best people in the world. You know, like yeah. they're great people. They have all their everything figured out when really they're just people. Um, and so one of the things that I said about Chuck was like, that guy has dropped so much knowledge and so much love and so much good in my brain. 
And I'm over here punishing myself for having been divorced twice and afraid for a third marriage. Charlotte was his seventh, like, wife-type life partner. So, like, he'd been married six times before Charlotte. But I still allow, and not only just allow, but seek and desire this man's love and words and guidance and comfort. Even though he's made the same mistake I punished myself for twice, six times. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's really interesting how we can view things the wrong way sometimes. Um, but clients come in all forms and all shapes and all sizes and all walks of life. And like, I have learned so much from so many people like, dude, this one guy, uh, we got to wrap it up because it's after six. Um, but this one guy, I love it when this happens, like, Somebody will be like really stoic at the front. And then when they get in my room, they break, they break open. And there's this one guy, Nick, he was dope. Owns the largest maritime security company in the world where basically he just hires ex Navy seals to go after pirates. Um, Cause That's pirates right. are out there. Yeah. Pirates are out there stealing ships. Like dude, he's on YouTube showing me videos of like his guys on a boat live in a firefight. Like, but then is also telling me about the pizza restaurant he owns and operates and talking to me about systems and processes. And this is the first time I've ever heard of or thought about systems and processes in my business. Cause he's like, you have to have systems and processes. You have to fucking have this together. And he's just one of those guys, you know, certain guys are just like, yes, can you please tell me everything like a dad would? Cause you have all the knowledge and I look up to, you and I don't know why he's that guy. He's one of those guys for me. So like he would come in the front and not even talk to Donna. And then he'd come back in my room and he'd fucking crack open like in seconds. And so, and then he'd go back out to pay and me and him would like hug and joke and laugh. And then he'd turn around to pay and he'd be like, mm-hmm, okay. Like, <laughs> but it's just so interesting how like you get some certain things out of people that you don't expect to get. Like yeah. I, I never expected this guy to teach me anything, let alone like be somebody that I crave him coming into my shop because like, I learned so much from him just talking to him while I tattooed him. I want him back as much as possible. Like, it's just so wild how that happens too. Uh, It's a beautiful place, the tattoo shop Um, and the relationships. Look at how we started out talking about difficult relationships and how to navigate them and ended up just like telling great stories about dope relationships that we built. Like. The conversation definitely veered in a different direction, but I feel like it still held up to the idea of, you know, everybody's love language is different. You have to learn what people actually want. And it started, like you said, from like a not great place of like, oh man, relationships and tensions and issues, because it is like, I gave it, I did all the right moves, but it wasn't the right moves for that person. And then it devolved into like, when you do make the right moves, and it is the right people, or you figured out, like, that's something we've all done with our clients. We figured out their love language, their conversation language, their friendship language, and accommodated, even if it is something like you said about, oh, well, I don't know a lot about sports, but why don't you tell me about it? It clearly means something to you. I'm excited to hear you talk about it. It wasn't your love language. It wasn't your conversation language, but you figured theirs out and you figured out a way to roll with it and to let them vent and be happy. And it's, kind of the whole moral of on a grander scale it is possible it just communication is kind of what gets us there instead of assumption wild ain't it we kind of full circle and answered our own question (laughs) (laughs) it's real though man and it's normal and like it's kind of how it happens ain't it it's nice when it doesn't go well It, it is and honestly man I didn't realize how much I missed doing this show. Like I enjoy doing this. This oh, was a good absolutely. time. Cause like well, last week I was a tattoo shop. Nonsense is our love language. Right. Exactly. Dude. We talk about tattoo shop nonsense all the time together. But yeah, yeah. last week I kind of did get put into a funk. Cause like I was fighting things tech wise that I didn't understand. And like, 
when I'm done with this, I never go into a funk. It's when I'm fighting my computer. Because you even yeah. called me, you're like, hey, man, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just frustrated as fuck at my computer right now. Like, Unlimited acoustic feelings over the phone. Just just the, you and I. Yeah. <laughs> Private session. <laughs> ah, I like that. Fuck yeah, man. Well, uh, we have run over, so yeah. let's we are known to do. Run yeah, exactly. Let's run it out. Cause I mean we could have this conversation for another three hours, I'm sure. Oh uh, yeah. It's been a very easy one to have. Yeah, and I, I like I like having you uh pick the topics because uh it gives us a direction and we're just talking the whole time and having a nice time. Oh whatever's going on in my own life anyways or things that I'm thinking about. So it's real easy to pick. Hey, what's been on your brain lately? Oh let me tell you. Right. Um people shit because it's my language and it not being what they need. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's fucking funny because, like, I'll do rad movement videos and they all have to have a fucking a title, but, like, just talking about life stuff and then, like, yeah. trying to tie it around that title, you know, because <laughs> these conversations typically happen like that. <laughs> I love that cat. What's its name? Small cat. It's not an original name, but it is accurate. Small cat. I like small cat. She's like 10 years old and another name has not presented itself. She's a nice small cat. And I like that. It's funny. We got, um, you know, Pumpkin, our most recent dog. Um, yeah. She came with the name Pumpkin. I like the name Pumpkin. Donna didn't want to give her the name Pumpkin, but she couldn't find another name that she felt like giving her. So Pumpkin it is. So names are a funny thing. She's small. She's a cat, and it's stuck, and then it really stuck. Now it's on vet forms and everything. Oh man, I love our dogs' names because one of them is Deffy, and like yeah. you know, Empanada and Deffy, and they're like, "Oh wow, Empanada, how cute!" Oh, Deffy, okay. Like nobody's ever said anything, but I just wonder, like, I wonder if they wonder, like, I don't know, like, but it's it's a small town, so like. I know people in almost every business just yeah. from living life. So like, I think it could be something like that too, or like, like, you know, they go into the office and they're like, Oh yeah, that's Robbie's dog. It makes sense. You know, move yeah. it on. Like, dude, I called the vasectomy office the other day, dude. Every time I fucking talk to those people on the phone, they know exactly who I am every fucking Ooh. time. I know my voice is really specific. But the first time I called to make an appointment, she was like, I know who you are. And every single time, like they always yeah. know. who I am. So, yeah, I had some weird fucking pain and leakage in my ball bag from the Ooh. vasectomy. <laughs> Come to find out, it was just one of the dissolving stitches that didn't dissolve all the way. And so we're good. I'm good again. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so like Wednesday is six weeks out from that. So yeah. six weeks ago I had my balls cut off. And now uh now I won't make babies anymore. Here we are. Here we are, not making babies. Living the high life. Living the high life. <laughs> All right. Well, I love yeah. you. I appreciate you. Um thank you everyone for joining uh that watches live or is watching a replay. Thank you, Guy, Gabe, and all the whole Reinventing crew for giving us a place so we can come and talk about feelings. Um, I love you all. <laughs>